Welcome to Leadership Lowdown and here right in the middle of Michigan Business Network. We're so glad to have you join us today. I'm Vic Versero and I oftentimes have the privilege and honor of speaking to, I would say, CEOs, some pretty famous, impressive people. But I have to tell you, today's guest has got me kind of shaking in my boots because it's amateur hour with me because we're talking to a Michigan Association Broadcasting Hall of Fame representative. He is the legendary voice of the Michigan State Spartans, Will Team, and Will, welcome to our show. Well, Vic, thanks. Legendary. That means you're old, right? And well, <laughs> you know, honestly, before you got a little gray in the temple, you were legendary way back when. There's a lot of people that know you and are fond of you. An entire Spartan nation is grateful for the way you've lit up so many wonderful events throughout the years. And so, Will, I'm just grateful for the friendship and the relationship that we've had over the years. It's been an honor and truly a privilege, Will, to be honest with you. And I want to thank you and Wendy for being such dynamic leaders. And of course, I mentioned the Michigan Association of Broadcasting Hall of Fame. That is something that you and Wendy are both part of, right? Yeah, and the last name is Hart, and we are married. Yeah. So it didn't start out that way. We started out working together, and the first project we ever did together was in Chicago, and we used to write this TV show together because it was a sports football thing. Huh. But literally, I always joke that I wrecked a good career when I talked to her into <laughs> marrying me. It kind of stopped her progress, but it was really neat because we've been doing games and radio and TV yeah. and writing things for years and years now. And the neat thing about the Hall of Fame honor in itself, that's an exciting thing to be honored that way by your peers. But we are the first ever pair to go in. It wasn't like Will Tiemann's in the Hall of Fame and Wendy Hart's in the Hall of Fame. We went in as a team. You know, uh, you see it in the music business a lot where writing teams go in. Yeah, true. The first and only pair to get in as one inductee. And that was one of the highlights, if not the highlight of my entire career. Well, and I can see that too, because honestly, you know, look, spouses are an important part of our lives in so many ways. Some are in the background. Others are right there by our side because they're businesses we're developing and building together. And I have to tell you, Will, a home movie real quick. I was up in the broadcast booth with you for a halftime show a few years ago, and we were there working together. And Wendy works up there in that area, calling all the shots and doing a great job. But it's so funny, when I was all done, we had went off the air, she leans over the top of the railing and yells down at me, don't quit your day job. And I'm like, so that may be why I'm so nervous today, because I know Wendy's going to be hearing this thing and wondering what I'm doing. So anyways, it's great that you guys have had such a storied past. And before we get into some of those details, Will, why don't you tell me a little bit about where this all began. Did you grow up in Michigan or somewhere else? No, I grew up in Southern Ohio, in a little north of Cincinnati. Born oh. in Dayton, Ohio, and lived in Cincinnati for a while. Then we moved to a little cow town called Fairfield, Ohio, which literally had, I don't know, maybe a shopping center, maybe not. <laughs> and so we were like the little high school in the big conference, so to speak. So in our high school, and I had no thought about being a broadcaster, I really was pretty committed to being going into education. I was firm on that. It was almost like a calling. And that was my direction. And so in probably most places in southern Ohio, you know, high school football is a big deal. Yeah. So if you play high school football, you are ordered to do something else. And so as we went into what would have been my sophomore year in high school, I got this horrible knee injury, so 
there was no way I was going to be playing any basketball or anything. So I got this big cast on my leg, and the AD says, well, well, here's what you can do. We have a local radio station that does all the basketball games, and so you can keep stats for them. You know all the guys. Yeah. I said, that'd be fun. Now, in those days, there was the play-by-play guy, and the second position was the guy that he literally just read commercials. He was kind of a DJ type. So we got this home game on a Friday night, and the play-by-play guy's got this blue. Poor guy. I don't think he ever left the bathroom. Oh, no. And now it's me and, like, the DJ guy. Yeah. But half I'm Vic, he can't talk. Oh. <laughs> lost his voice. So I look at him, but I go, now what? Yeah. He goes, you're it, buddy. You're it. <laughs> so for the second half of this game, I'm calling jump shots. I'm reading Amanda commercials. And I'm having the time of my life. Okay. <laughs> It was a lot of fun, and the next morning, the general manager of the radio station called my mother and said, we would like to hire Will part-time. No way. The next day? The next day. And then it was pretty interesting because my mom said, you know, he can't do an evening shift, so to speak. He doesn't even drive a car yet. (laughs) And so I did my first full-time air shift at the age of 15, and I was in and out of it a few times because I really was committed to the education thing. Yeah playing a little football in college. And so it was pretty interesting. I really had a special moment. I worked for the Department of Labor for a while, working with secondary systems, trying to get, you know, disadvantaged youth into union jobs or into college, whatever. And so we had a little disagreement about how we should treat some of our people. I just felt one of our young people was getting the short in the stick for political reason, and I just couldn't do that. It was not what we were about. So I quit. Oh, my now my mom, Yeah, so my mom, you know, moms are practical, right, Vic? Yep. And she's a CPA, so she's really practical. And so I said, Mom, I just want you to know I quit my job today. She says, that government job with benefits and, <laughs> you know, and pay and everything, that one? I said, yeah, that one. And I explained why. And she goes, do you have another job? Uh, <laughs> well, moms are like that, Will. I got to tell you, and it's so funny because they always tell us what to do and the direction we should go. And I've got to go to a break real quick, but I'm so grateful to have Will Teeman with us right here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. We'll be right back after these messages. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. And we're back with the Hall of Famer, Will Tiemann. He's part of the Lansing legacy around the greater Michigan network that we call the Spartan Nation. And we're so glad to have his voice here with us today. He was telling us a story about his early days, and we had to jump off to a quick break. But, Will, so your mom is like, what are you doing, son? And tell me about that. So what was next? Well, I calmed her down. And when I hung up the phone, I'm thinking, man, maybe I shouldn't have quit my job. (laughs) Oops. So literally... I'm not kidding, Vic. Five minutes later, my phone rings. And it's a guy who runs a radio station up in Oxford, Ohio. And he calls me up and he says, I hear you're back in the area. 
I hear you've had an injury and you can't play football anymore. You're coming to Miami for the purpose of just getting through and getting your degree as quick as you can to go into teaching. Is that true? Wow, said, did his homework. Yeah, I said, it's true. He said, well, I've heard you on the air. Would you like to be the voice of the Miami in those days Redskins? <laughs> I go, what? You're right. He said, you'll do our football, basketball, and we'll have you do something at the radio station so you can work around here to get enough money and have time to finish school. Now I'm 20. Yeah. And I'm doing Division One football and basketball. <laughs> and in those days, Miami was pretty good. Yeah, sure. The first year I did Miami football, we were undefeated. It was crazy. Not only were we undefeated my first year, we were undefeated my first three years. Wow. And so it was crazy. We won all kinds of games, just like the Mac schools do now. We played Big Ten opponents, Purdue, Michigan State, whatever. And we beat them all, and sometimes in dramatic fashion. There was a tangerine bowl in way, way back down in Florida, in Orlando. And it was a MAC champion against whomever. And so the whomevers in our case were South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. And in three years in a row, we beat all those guys. Wow. And so it was unbelievable. And a lot of people say, what's it take to be a great play-by-play guy? Well, number one, do a good team. <laughs> if you do a team, everybody loves you. Well, yeah, it's always positive stuff, isn't it? Yeah, so, and then from there, that wound up being, that was it. For whatever reason, I still didn't believe I was going to do this for a living because I was really on a path to graduate to teach. Yeah. And when the magic moment came before I knew it, then I was in Indiana doing television. Oh, my. Uh, with a little bit of work to do. And then, at that point, I knew that probably wouldn't teach but I wanted to finish, which I did. And the people at the TV station were kind enough to let me do that. And I did teach a little college in Columbia College in Chicago. Oh, you a couple did. years I took okay. against radio. So I can say I at least used this <laughs> education for something. <laughs> it wasn't a waste. Uh, and then, and this was the biggest decision that Wendy and I made. I was really on the move. I'm doing games all over the country for various networks. And it's a really good thing. But I'm not home very much. Oh, yeah. And so we got the call from Michigan State, and we came up and we talked. And before I know we make this five-year arrangement, which I really thought would be five years, I never thought it would go much past that because sometimes deals just don't. And how many years ago was that when you got the call? It was 90, I think, because we didn't start till 91 or 92. Okay. And so that was the first call when I came up, and that's when the conversation started. And we were really busy. I mean, doing various schools, we were just all over the place. So when we realized when we got here that this was going to be more than five years, and we just fell in love with the state of Michigan, the people, Michigan State. And now here comes child three, a surprise child. Yeah. I said, maybe I should cut back and try to raise a child once. (laughs) Because I wasn't around for the other two. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, we made a decision that we would honor any contract we had, and we would basically confine all of our business to the state of Michigan. That's what we've done. So even, Vic, if you work a long day and you come home at 2 in the morning, at least you're coming home most days. Your head hits the pillow, right? And we had one NBA offer along the way, which we really thought long and hard about. It was a West Coast offer. But at the end of it, we loved it here. And we didn't want to leave, and... You can always use more money, right? But at the end of the day, we found a home. 
you often wonder, man, that NBA thing was a 10-year deal. And I only had two years left on this Michigan State thing. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, we're making it right to see Yeah, here. well, there's always uh, that. And you never know until you start looking back. It reminds me, frankly, of some of the decisions that Tom Izzo had to make when he got the call to Cleveland. And basically, he told us one time that the reason why he didn't go is his daughter said, Dad, down there, I'll be Tom Izzo's daughter. Up here, I'm my own person with my own friends. And, you know, Tom made a family decision at that point in time, passed on a lot of money, and we sure are glad he did. And, boy, I got to tell you, Will, we're so glad you're with us today here on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero. We'll be right back. Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. And we're back right here on the Leadership Lowdown on the Michigan Business Network. And I am so honored to be spending time with Will Tiemann. He is the longtime voice of MSU Sports and so proud of his accomplishments and his beautiful wife, Wendy Hart, as they are both Hall of Fame representative of the Michigan Association of Broadcasters. So that's all the big names that's ever been. And he and Wendy are part of that. And we're glad he's part of our show here today. So, Will... You have met and have been around some amazing people in your career. I think you'd have to look back and say you've been blessed. And I'm sure that there's times when you want to pinch yourself. But I've always said and believe that none of us do this alone. There's always people that have influenced us or inspired us or put something in us along our way in our journey. And tell me, are there people like that in your life that you can look back and say that made a difference when it mattered the most? always come where you think it might come from. I mean, the roots of what I believe in I got from my mom and dad who raised me with certain beliefs. And that core has pretty much stayed in place. But every now and then your journey takes you as you work with people to a surprising location that will affect your life forever. And imagine this. Here I am, I'm a Midwest guy and one day I'm sitting at my desk and my phone rings and it's a guy named Calvin Miles. He says he's from Grambling State University. All right. And he wants to talk to me. They're launching a brand new national radio network, and he wants to talk to me about being the voice of the Grambling Tigers. And I went, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> this has got to be a joke. There's no way somebody from Grambling, which for those who aren't familiar with them, at one time you could call them like the Notre Dame of black college football because they had this unbelievable group of players because – they couldn't go basically anywhere else. Mm. I mean, that sounds. And they had this legendary coach, Eddie Robinson, who 
I'll talk more about him in a minute. But anyway, when it dawns on me that this is a real call, I'm a little embarrassed to say the least. And so we make a meeting and I'm going to go down to Louisiana and talk to the folks at Grambling. And what happened was they called WGCI in Chicago, which was in those days the big urban station and to this day still is. But I did some work with them. And the people at Grambling called them and said, we're looking for a person like this to do all of these things. And the president of WGCI at the time said, I got your guy. Now he's white, but it's okay. He'll fit in. It's okay. <laughs> okay. okay. So anyways, I fly down to Grambling and I'm in the conference room and there's the AD and there's Coach Robinson and all this. And I knew a lot about Eddie Robinson. I mean, he's just one of the most special people ever. And at the end of the day, when you hear about somebody being so good, and then you can say, well, he's better than that. That's really something. Wow, but, that's rare. I think one of the magic moments was, it dawns on me that this job is mine if I want it. Mm. And, and this network was New York, L.A., Chicago, all those kind of places. Wow. It's a kind of a big deal, and but nobody's talked about the fact that I'm white. So I raised my hand up in the middle of this meeting like I'm in third grade. Yeah. You know? And Coach Rob goes, yeah, well, I go, well, Coach Robinson, I'm honored that I'm here talking to you guys. But nobody has mentioned or even talked about the fact that I'm white. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> I did. Oh, my. You might as well get it out there. It's kind of important, right? Somebody should have noticed, right? <laughs> yeah. And so Coach Rob goes, Will, do you got a problem being white? And I go, <laughs> No. He said, well, I guess we're good. And that was the beginning of it. And there were some really interesting moments. Not everybody was glad to see a guy like me roaming around. Yeah. And it was pretty interesting. We were having some difficulties a little bit in the early days. And Coach Rob one day pulled me over after one of his team meetings at night. Because we always played in big cities on the road at night. And so he says, well, I hear you're having a little problem. And I go, well, we're kind of having some moments. He said, well, I want you to know I appreciate the fact you didn't complain about anything and you don't have to worry about anything else. Now, Eddie Robinson's coaching a football team. Yeah, he's got other things to do, doesn't he? Yeah, but somehow, like a lot of great coaches, he kind of knows what's going on. And mysteriously, whatever problems we had went away. And the one thing that's so interesting about Eddie Robinson to me, Eddie Robinson has a master's degree at the University of Iowa. Eddie Robinson was offered a head coaching job for the Los Angeles Rams. And Eddie Robinson stayed at Grand Lake State University. He stayed there for one reason and one reason only. He was a teacher at heart, and he believed he could help create change. He passed on a whole lot of money, Vic, on this one mission he had. And he believed that if you want to change society, you change it from within, not from the outside. Wow. He believed. If people would take a chance on his young men, take a chance on a young black person that may not think it's a good idea and realize that these people that he coached and the people he taught had great skills that can really help any organization they were involved in. And if people could see that right up close, first person, that would change some long-standing attitudes. Now, keep in mind, this is the South, okay? Yeah. This is Louisiana. Different times, too, right? Different times. This isn't East Lansing. This is not Chicago. It's a different world. And he was committed to that. And 
I was just amazed that all he gave up to pursue that one vision. And there are many people that do that. And I can honestly say, and I've been so blessed, as you mentioned, to work with some of the most outstanding people in athletics for sure. But there's nobody on my hit parade that tops Eddie Robinson. And I don't know how many Hall of Fames there are, but he should be in every one of them. Well, it's really exciting. Honestly, we always say anybody can make a living. I want to make a difference. And it sounds like he did in your life. And you're making a difference right here today in our lives, Will. We're so grateful you're here with us on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. We'll be right back. The Michigan Works Association believes the key to advancing prosperity across the state is accomplished through building a skilled workforce. As the state's primary workforce development association, their focus is to continue to move the needle on policy, education, and collaboration. They're creating an opportunity and building stronger communities by advocating and innovating together. And we're back right here on the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero, having the time of my life talking to Will Tiemann just because he's an all-around great guy and an extremely talented, legendary voice of the Spartans for all these years. But he also has a great story to tell and some of the great things and experiences that he's had along his way. There's been great triumphs and great tragedies that he's dealt with, and there's some probably none more recent in our memory and none more, I guess, terrifying than some of the things that happened at Michigan State University campus here recently. There was a shooting that went down, and Will had, I guess I wonder what was going on in your world because it was on campus, and I'll bet you were too. It was interesting. We were really close to campus because... We had just finished the Tom Izzo show that night, and our engineer, Nick Chase, he said, I think there's a shooting on campus. And of course, there's always the disbelief that no. Not here. Uh, maybe not here. Well, as the story enveloped, obviously, developed, it was tragic. So then you're faced with where do you go, what do you say, what do you do? And it's interesting because there's no way to prepare for what's next. There just isn't. There's not a book for this. It's not like getting ready for the big title game or whatever. And so when it became apparent we were going to play at the University of Michigan, we were going to play a game on a Saturday in Ann Arbor. It was just greatest thing ever because we had to do something. We had to do something. Yeah, keep moving, huh? And so in a time like that, you start reaching out for guidance. You reach out for help. You're reaching out to soften your pain. And you're asking yourself, what am I going to say when I take the mic in that basketball game? What do you say? I mean, this basketball game is nowhere in the same league with the tragedy we're enduring. Not even close. So what do you and so, believe it or not, I have two people that I just absolutely think are the greatest broadcasters ever. And I, without shame, say I try to steal some of what they do because it resonates with me. Yeah. One is Vince Scully because he personalizes baseball. But baseball lends itself to stories and all that. The other one is Doc Emmerich, greatest hockey announcer ever, doing a sport that I don't know a whole lot about. But I know there's a lot going on, 
and how he can humanize hockey with all the chaos and the line changes, I always thought was amazing. I just <laughs> thought he was one of the best ever. And so he lives in Port Huron. And I'm talking to our affiliate up there about something. And we get onto this, and, you know, and I'm talking to a friend. and I'm reaching out because I don't know what to do. I really don't know what is the right thing to do. What is the right thing to say? He said, well, I know a guy that can help you, and he listens to you all the time, Doc Emmerich. I go, what? <laughs> he said, here, send him a text. I guarantee he'll call you back. So anyway, I did, and he did. And so we talked for over an hour. Mm. He had had similar situations about, you know, how you feel, what's important. I mean, we just had this amazing conversation. And he said, it will come to you. It just will. And so... <laughs> It's Friday night, I'm at home, and nothing is coming to me. Oh, my. And then all of a sudden, I went back through in my mind my conversation with Doc and just how I felt, and it came to me. Just that quick. Wow. And so Friday night, 9 or 10 o'clock at night, whenever it was, I fired up my laptop, and I wrote my opening 60 seconds. It's kind of like... The guy who writes a hit record and says, I did it in 10 minutes. Yep. It just hit me. And so it was amazing. I mean, think about it. 60 seconds. It's a page. It's not long. Yeah. It's not many words. Well, calling a game, it's an organized ad lib. But this is 60 seconds of copy. How hard can that be? Well, it's hard. Well, but it sounds like yeah. divine inspiration here, Will, because bam, it came out. Yeah, and so, and Doc said, so you don't lose it, read it a lot. Read it and read it and read it so you're really comfortable and you can get through it. So meanwhile, the Big Ten Network, the program I'm sure a lot of people listening have seen, The Journey. Bill Friedman is ahead of that whole group, and they do fabulous work. Well, they're there. And if you ever get a chance to go to BTM+, Plus, they have it archived. Their entire capturing of from Tom Izzo, who we'll talk about maybe later, what a rock star he was. And through the game itself was an amazing piece of work. So I walk in, and Bill's a friend, and he goes, hey, Will, can I put like a GoPro in front of you? And I went, what? <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why some of us are on radio. Oh, you know, please. <laughs> so, so he looks at me and says, he gave me that look like, after all I've done for you, you can't. Okay, fine. Yep. And so they're recording this stuff, and what they did on that 60 seconds that I read, they basically built the entire opening segment from the location, from Chrysler Center that night, around these words, which I thought, I just couldn't believe he did that. But if you watch this thing, I'm doing okay, right? I'm speaking from the heart. I'm going along. I've got a paragraph to go, maybe a little more, Vic, and I lost it. I just stop. You're really good. And then, you know, you can't control this emotion and, it's and this gone. heartache. And so I get through it. I limp to the finish line, but I got there. Well, we're, we're going to leave this as a cliffhanger and take our break real quick and come right back because I want to finish this because what an emotional moment and what a moment in Spartan history to have you at the mic. So glad you're at the mic today. We'll be right back after these messages.
workplace keeps changing and successful companies recognize and embrace change through choice, adaptability, and innovation. DBI offers affordable furniture solutions for countless workspace options that will enhance the performance of your people and organization. DBI helps customers reach their workplace goals from improving worker effectiveness and innovation to brand expression. DBI is your office furniture partner. Learn more at dbiguess.com. And we're back on the Leadership Lowdown. I'm sorry about that quick break we had to take there, but I want to make sure that we finish the story. We've got the legendary Will Teeman at the microphone on probably one of the most notable nights in Spartan history. And Will, you were overcome with emotion. You had a moment, and it was captured. Yeah, on that silly GoPro. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> and you know, you never know when somebody's going to edit what it's going to come up with. So... The parts of the end of it, when I started to lose it, there's the video they showed, they did a couple cutaways. And it was interesting when I got all done with the end of the last line was, we're going to escape for a moment. Yeah. And we're going to do it together. We're going to escape together for a moment here. And then we take a break. And Mm -hmm. I just shake my head when I get done. And Wendy, of all people, so I talked to her next at halftime. And I told her, I said, I didn't get there. I didn't get through without losing a little bit. <laughs> right. And so when we saw the clip, when we saw the journey, what they had done with it, at the end, you'll see that I'm just sort of like shaking my head. And she looks at me and she goes, you're shaking your head because you didn't get through it. I said, you're right. I knew I was going to get through this thing <laughs> in a distinguished way. And I just, I couldn't. It was too much. Well, but honestly, Will, you said distinguished, which is an interesting word, because certainly that's what you do on the radio. You're distinguished. You're a tremendous voice. But in that moment, you were real. And what are your thoughts on that? I mean, being real for the moment oftentimes trumps distinguished. Don't you agree? Yeah, it does. And one of the things I love about radio is that, you know, in TV, you can have 20 cameras, replays, all kinds of gizmos to help you present a game. On radio, it's you and a microphone, right? It's me talking to you, what we're doing here. And then I think if you're not real, you get exposed pretty quick over a period of time. I just don't know how else to be, you know? You are what you are, and you just kind of relay it through the vision you see. And so, you know, the other thing, obviously, Michigan State, Michigan, that's a rivalry. And there's no way around it. It's big time, and you want to win that game. I don't care how many times you play them, you want to win them all. Everyone, yep. And I'm sure they feel the same way. And that's good. I will say this about the University of Michigan on that night. They were unbelievable. I mean, when they played Chrysler, my green, I mean, it's been a while since we were there, and I still get a little choked up. They played Shadows. I mean, their maze, Rage wearing special shirts, warm-ups for the basketball team. I don't think the University of Michigan could have embraced MSU any more than they did that night. It's funny because there's always spirit for your school and everything else, but in that moment, it was the human spirit that everybody rallied together on. And it's interesting. I was getting a little fidgety, and so I just went down, sitting on our bench watching the warm-ups. And warm-ups are done, so... Coaches go to the locker room, so I got a little time, so I'm just sitting there by myself looking around. And one of the assistant coaches at Michigan, Phil Martelli, 
who was one of the great guys. He's one of the great guys, period. And so, you know, he's kind of a white old gentleman. He knows things, and he can sense things. And I guess he sensed that maybe I was a little out of sorts, and he just sat down next to me. And for about 10 minutes, I'm sitting there at our bench talking to the top assistant at the University of Michigan, our rival. <laughs> yeah. And it was just a couple of guys talking about things, you know, evil yeah. things. And when Phil said, well, I got to go, and I said, well, you know, I didn't wish him good luck, but I said, well, I'll talk to you soon, Phil. And I know he said to, just to help. In my whole career, Vic, I have never talked to an opposing coach like that before a game, ever. Never. Uh, and there were those moments that will live with you. And I never want to have to do that again. Oh, of course. But you know, Will, yeah. as you think about this, part of the real joy of this whole thing is the fact that that's what great leaders do. They oftentimes can sense and understand that when people are hurting, they need to do something more than what the normal protocol would be. And so what a moment. It's sad to rethink that moment here on this network. But of course, we're grateful to have a chance to look behind the scenes. And Will, we're so grateful for your time today. We're glad you tuned in to Leadership Lowdown, and we'll be right back after these messages. Final segment here on Leadership Lowdown, right here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vercherow, and I'm so sad we don't have more time with Will Teeman. He's the legendary sportscaster and the legendary broadcaster, and we're so glad he spent time with us today. And Will, you know, there's a couple things that come to mind. Two things. First of all, I'd love to get your thoughts on Tom Izzo because you have described him as nothing short of a rock star, meaning that in the most highest compliment in terms of what we have here in East Lansing. And then, of course, the other thing that I just love is I don't know of any MSU sports fan that doesn't imitate Will Teeman saying, he got it. And so I just love that because it's kind of a legendary part of what you do. So listen, can you hit me on both of those subjects real quick in the time we have left? I can. And when it comes to Tom Izzo, I once said to him, there's one thing I will never say to you, and that is I'm tired. Mm. I've never seen anybody work as hard as he does. And I've spent a lot of time, you know, following him around, so to speak. And at the end of the day, I just think it's important that people know maybe two things. We know about the basketball stuff. Right. But 
I don't know where Michigan State would have been after the tragic shootings without Tom Izzo. Wow. Tom Izzo was the face of the university, and Tom Izzo, with what he said and what he did, kept us all together. Nobody could have stepped up like he did, and I just think, if we didn't think he was a rock star before, he is a rock star plus now. Mm-hmm. I was amazed at what a shining star and what hope he gave all of us through that tragedy. Um, oh. As for the he got it thing, I have no idea how that started. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Do you remember the I first don't. time he used it? No. <laughs> and we've gone back. And so, but it's working its way in, right? Yeah. And so I'm literally, I get a call from home. Hey, can you stop by the grocery store, you know, grab some milk or whatever? And so I do. And I'm coming around the aisle, and some guy sees me and screams he got it, scared the hell out of me. <laughs> Drop the milk. And I, yeah, I'm like, whoa. So I go home, and I say to Wendy, I go, you know what? I have got to stop doing this. People are making fun of me. Oh, come on. No, that's not true. They're not and making fun of you. They're adoring you. So she said, are you an idiot or what? It's probably the best thing you've ever done. And so I don't know where it started, Vic. It's something that just kind of happened. And it's fun to do it. And behind that, he got a thing has been some of the greatest moments of the Tom Izzo era. And a lot of people ask, what's your favorite shot? What's your favorite play? What's your favorite moment? Well, when you're doing basketball at Michigan State, you can't come up with one or two because there's so many. Right, sure. But the one that I really enjoyed, and this might be, you know, recency biased, but when we played Duke and got us to the 2019 Final Four, I said to Wendy, I said, we're going to beat Duke. Now, did I think Kenny Goins was going to make a shot over the greatest player of the year in college basketball? No. (laughs) But I just felt that that team, led by Cassius Winston, Didn't care if it said Duke on the jersey or it said North Dakota State. Didn't care. And I just thought Michigan State, while maybe not as good talent-wise, position by position, I just thought they were a better team. I thought they were more concerned about winning than individual stats. And so with that thought, I thought we were going to win. Well, of course, the game is crazy. And one of my favorite moments is when – Tillman is going to flip it in to Winston, and they're going to foul him. The problem is they can't catch him. Because (laughs) they all thought he was going to go one way. He went the other way, and he's dribbling to save his soul, going to the right, not the left, and they just can't catch him, and time expires and we win the game. And I just thought that was one of the greatest moments of all time. Because, (laughs) you know, there was actually a play, Vic, that called for something else to happen. And Tillman and Winston did a little wink-wink thing and changed it, and it won the game. And that was one of the most biggest surprises in terms of how something finished. And, of course, there's so many great shots, so many great performances. And the other thing Tom Izzo has done that I personally enjoy because I'm a little old school, he has built a family. He has built a culture. He's true to it. And when we have players come back, it isn't three or four guys. We have hundreds come back yes. from all over the continent. And at the end of the day, he has built something so special. And one of the old jokes, the greatest recruit in the history of the Jet Heathcote era was Tom Izzo. Yeah, well, yeah. absolutely. Well, Will, I can't believe we're out of time, but what I just want to say is, you know, the Tom Izzos and all of the great players and all of the amazing 
enthusiasm from the students in the student section and just the different things that have happened. The way you built the Spartan network in terms of stations across the great state and that are listening in. And you've brought us the greatest moments that we can ever imagine. And you've made them better because of the way you've brought them and told them and everything else. So, Will, on behalf of a grateful Spartan nation, I want to say thank you for all that you and Wendy have done. We're so proud to have you as part of Michigan history and lore and being a part of the Broadcasting Hall of Fame. We're just grateful for both of you. Thank you so much, Will. You're the best. Well, Vic, thanks so much. Those are kind words. Well, and so we want to thank Will. We want to thank you for tuning in to the Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero. Can't wait to talk to you next time.